Seinfeld, the butter shave is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who both agree the number one way to ruin a lasagna is vegetables. Rob Sestrino, and here's Keith Winokur. Keith, how are you? How's it going, Rob? Uh, you, you have my back on this vegetable lasagna. I, I, my hot take is I've come to real like regular lasagna is overrated. So you know how much more so like vegetable lasagna is just repulsive. Why do you say that regular lasagna is overrated? What's the overrate? just like regular cheese lasagna? I, there's just nothing in it. There's no like pro. You know, like I'm sure I can't have meat lasagna because uh, it's meat and, and dairy, but like. Just cheese lasagna doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you're 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 missing out on uh, the you know you want to have like some uh, some meat in there that's good, but you know, that you get a hot lasagna. I mean, uh, nothing wrong with that, even without the meat. To me, I, I need to have like twenty pieces of lasagna to be full. Also, <laughs> Garfield liked it. Yeah, only on Mondays, though. Yeah. All right. So a lot to talk about here in the season nine premiere, Keith, the final season premiere. We'll recap as we go along here in Seinfeld. Yep. The last 24 episodes, the last uh, I guess there's two doubles. So the last 22 weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, like, are we going to be are we going to mention this too much and become like uh you know, like we're just talking about like our funeral for this entire season. Nope. Nope. I don't think we're going to mention it too much because, you know, it's not just that we're going through the end of our run. We're also talking about the end of the run for Seinfeld. And I watched the inside look and they were talking with the how, you know, what so season nine is really ludicrous and out of control. And, uh, you know, we'll see as we open the season with Jerry and George with mustaches. And, and they're just trying to say, what, how could we take this thing we've been doing for so long and turn it? It on its head and i think that that's how we should look at season nine of this podcast i think that we should be open to ideas from the audience of okay we've done 155 of these podcasts how do we turn it on its head in season nine it's a good idea and maybe people are sick of the same thing after 156 of the regular podcast the problem is i people are very hesitant and resistant to change that's what i found yes so is that why you know, season nine you change is not like, regarded as one of the better seasons? A little bit, but I think that change is, is like somewhat gradual. I, you know, you switch anything on the computer. Anytime a website has an update, there's a week of everyone saying, oh, it's terrible. And then they forget that, you know, what the old thing even used to look like. So you're not open to ideas of, OK, we're going to do uh, we're, we're going to do the wizard and we're going to be drunk. No, I'm open to all these ideas. I'm just saying the fans are going to hate them, but we're definitely going to do them. Okay. Or we should like stay up for 36 hours and try to do uh, the apology. No, I'm 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 game for any of those things. I think uh, I think they're all good ideas. <laughs> okay. But. So just to see what would happen, what would be what would be different? You know, I think that this would be an exciting uh, thing to experiment with here in season nine because it's all about experimentation. We we know we could do 155 Seinfeld recaps. Yeah. And, it's you know, Seinfeld in season nine, a little bit in season eight, also like stretched reality. You mm-hmm. know, we have a, we have a talking turkey in this episode. So how can we sort of turn this podcast into more science fiction? Yeah. So I think that all those things are on the table. And I would love to hear from the listeners in terms of any ideas that they have for suggestions as we go through everything. Keeve, uh, how's your week been going into uh, talking about the butter shave? Uh, my week has been, uh, I guess, fine. I finally got my, my wife's family out of here after like a month. So. Whoa. 
that that was exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, that's I gave good. him a stern talking to on uh, they can't come for that long anymore. It was awkward. Yeah, you really um, did. You said that, that I I can't do this. Yeah, I sat my mother in law down. Yeah, it was very awkward. It was well, like was your it, wife on board with this, or you went rogue? You know what? You know what? She didn't stop me, which means she was on board, but she also like needed me to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, my wife is the one that freaks out more about uh, house guests uh, overstaying. I think I'm on your wife's team because she has famously said that she doesn't want you to go back on Survivor because then someone's going to come stay with you. Yeah, she doesn't want that. Which sounds like a crazy reason, but to me, that's like a biblical truth. Like, the thing I want least on earth is other people staying in my house. Yeah, I I don't mind it. The problem is that people say they sleep in my office. If like they we had a different room that the people could sleep in, I wouldn't mind. They they could be like a permanent house guest because it takes pressure off of me. Like uh, I feel like that you know that they're the one like you know talking to my wife uh, all day long, and there's like less of like uh, can you watch these babies so I can go to the bathroom. Right. No, for sure. It's the exact same thing for me. They stay in my office. They do the chores. They wash the dishes. They help out. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't want anybody there. Yeah. It's almost like having, you know, some like uh, some some sort of a nanny slash maid slash butler. That's as close as I get. If, you know, there maybe there's like some relative that stays here. That's a little different because there it's not as awkward of a relationship. Like I had that growing up, not when I was a kid, before my little sisters were kids. And like, I didn't mind having like the living in the house because they're not like, you know what I mean? You're not going to like get into arguments with them. You're not going to like fight over, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, there's there's no tension there on a day to day basis. Yeah, like I, and I don't want to be selfish either because uh, you know the reason why I like it is because then I'm not spending time with them. Uh, you know, I'm working, and then maybe if I finish my work, I'll uh, visit with whoever is staying here. That I I do understand why it's a lot for my wife. Right. No, I, I listen. It makes sense, and I'm sorry you can't go back on Survivor, but yeah, you know. Okay. She, all right. Well, Maybe when the kids are bigger. Let's dive into talking about uh, the butter shave. And Keeve, we do have uh, some absurd things uh, going on here in this episode, which was from the season premiere back. I think it was uh, September 25th back in 1997, the uh, season nine premiere. Is this where the authors are going to get all wacky on the episodes? You mean the, you mean the writers? Yeah. Yeah. Like the author's guild that's striking right now. Are they on strike? Not yet. Maybe at the time. No, I'm just I'm just teasing the fact that you call them authors instead of writers. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) we'll get a lot of complaints about that. No, um, the but I I was thinking in terms of Curb Your Enthusiasm, like I did go and check the if if the writers were done already Mm -hmm. um, before the, you know, like any potential strike. And the show has wrapped. So the the show will air no matter what. Do we stand with the writers or can we take a stance on this? Do we stand with the writers of the networks? Yeah, I think we stand with the writers, not the network, right? I think it's going to all get worked out. I don't know if we. Yeah, have to I'm sure they'll work it out. They're not asking for a lot of money. I feel like just give give it to them. Yeah. The the um, but or or we could be scabs. Hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, this is our chance to get writing jobs. <laughs> yeah, this is our chance. Like we'll be the Rick Reeds, and like then the the like the John Francos will come back and never speak to us again. But we'll be so like. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll be we'll be so good they can't get rid of us. I actually thought about this the other day. I I think it's pretty good because I think that like when you like uh you know um well what's it called when you cross the uh cross picket the line, line cross the picket line yeah. and you know um like the construction union is on strike like you don't want to mess with them um, right I feel like that the uh like the writers 
Well, I yeah. feel like that they might be pissy and you might get like yeah. ripped to shreds on Twitter. Right. Like, like Joe, Joe Mandy's going to write a mean tweet about you. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know if you're physically intimidated. No, I don't. Th- I don't think like Megan Amram is going to kick your ass. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like, you know, maybe it's an opportunity, but it seems short lived. Like even Rick Reed had a lot like the baseball players that uh, they were really mean to him. They called him a scab. I don't want to. Yeah, be a scab. he couldn't be in the video games. You know, no, we're not going to be scabs. We're just teasing here. Yeah, we're. Um, the, one more thing, by the way, before we start uh, season nine officially. Yes, we we have a tradition that we always forget at the at the end of the season finale to do our season rankings. Okay, so let's let's wrap up season eight by uh, by doing our you know placing season eight in the uh, in the rankings. You know, we already we've already done one through seven. Okay, for me, I have five, four, six, seven, and then three to one. We both have three to one. Uh, as yeah. the bottom three, but my rankings you- are just sort of like just you know going through the motions here. I I could not like uh, judge like this twenty two episodes of television versus this twenty two episodes. I know. Well, listen, stop. You know, let, let's at least pretend to to have like a hot take here. Rob. Okay. Um. <laughs> so you have four, five, six, seven. You actually have them sequentially. I have eight, five, four, six, and I've, we both have three, two, one. So I have I, I I excuse me. I have five, four, six, seven. You have four, five, six, seven. Okay. So I'm going to put season eight just to you know remind you a little bit. Season eight has the Bizarre Jerry, the Little Kicks, Chicken Roaster, Andrea Doria, the Comeback, the Van Buren Boys, English Patient, Nap, yada yada yada, uh, Millennium Muffin Top, Summer, George it ends with a lot of classic episodes, not a lot of duds. Yeah, I I have season eight as my number one season. Wow. Yeah, <sighs> I think I don't think it's such a hard. T- there just really aren't like the Soulmate. The second episode's not great. There aren't a lot of bad episodes. I know that you were troubled. You're not not like troubled, but you, I am troubled. Prefer the the realism of of maybe the you know three and four and five more. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, there's just there's no duds. It's every week ending with yada yada millennium muffin top summer George. That's a really strong ending. Open strong with the foundation. It had like it didn't have a real through line like a Susan or a pilot. You know, the way some other things did, but it's still like it, it, it did a better job of calling back other episodes in the first seven seasons. Mm-hmm. So to me, season eight, it's number one. Where do you have it? Okay. Uh, what was my rankings again? Four, five, six, seven, and then three, two, one. Okay. Four, five, six, seven, uh, and then three, two, one. Uh, I'll put it behind season seven. Okay. So you have four, five, six, seven, eight. You're really going sequentially. Three, two, one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But realistically, the difference between four and eight for me and probably for you is relatively negligible. Yeah, that's it's just so hard to rank 22 episodes of TV. You know, there's some really good ones. There's some ones that weren't great. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, if I was just to read off the episode titles, I feel like there's more like, oh, like a fondness for some of the older stuff. Okay, fair enough. So let's see where season nine maybe could pick up for you and, and beat and the sequential streak, or maybe it'll end up sixth, or it could even be last. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Uh, Buttershave starts off with Jerry and George in Monks, and uh, they're both holding up uh, our newspaper, or at least George is. And he puts down the newspaper. We see that he has a mustache. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do, I'd say, um, the department that handles this sort of thing didn't do the best job with making them realistic mustaches, unless they were supposed to look cartoony. Yeah. They both looked ridiculous uh, with a mustache. They're again playing with everything here. Like, uh, what could we do that we've never done before? Oh, what if we give them everybody a mustache? Well, the, I think the exact quote in the inside look is that Jerry said, "Listen, we've done unrealistic things before. As long as it's more realistic than hitting a hole in one into the blowhole of the of the 
whale in the marine biologist, we can do it. That's what he said to the writers. Right. And I think they took that as a challenge to like make some things really unrealistic. But the difference that I would say, and far be it from me to quibble with the creator of the show, where that was something that was told as a story and it was off screen. And, and I would we compare see that yep. to Kramer fighting off a mugger on the bus yep. and Absolutely. driving the bus and, and, and telling everybody what happened. We're fighting with Mickey Mantle and Dinky Donuts. All those things that we see happen off screen. Right. Fantastic things that ha- that did happen in the Seinfeld universe, but they happened off screen and we hear about them. Whereas fantastic things are happening now at this point in the series. People are turning into werewolves. Newman is, is literally trying to eat Kramer. Uh, <laughs> like th- These are like fantastical things that are happening, and, and we are seeing them in front of our eyes. Right. Would you rather hear about Newman trying to eat Kramer? Because I feel like that would be hard to pull off. I think, what, hearing about it? I, I mean, because then there leaves some room for doubt. Like, do we know necessarily, did, was it a 100% that the the golf ball Kramer hit into the, you know, there there's some room for doubt. It's fair. You know, so I think that uh, when we are seeing these things, you know, I think it's like a little bit like uh, supernatural aware. It's like uh, that these, there are like fantastic things happening in this world. Um, yeah. I mean, I, that, to be fair, it's not like the whole season nine is just total science fiction. There's many totally realistic episodes. This just happens not to be one of them. OK, so uh, in addition to the mustache talk, we're talking about Holland, uh, Keeve, uh, you're probably more of the geography whiz of the two of us. Uh, do you know the difference between Holland? in Belgium and the Netherlands and the Dutch? Yeah, so the Dutch are the name of the people. Um, At NBC, like for the Olympics, you could only call it Netherlands. Like Holland doesn't exist. That's not a word you can say. Okay. Well, what is Holland? Like Holland is the, it's just another name. It's like, it's almost like the United States or America. It's like two different names. I don't, I mean, there's a better answer than that, but that's my dumb person answer. Okay. Um, But I know that like, I I, like if on the news, they, they call it the Netherlands, not Holland. All right. Um, and uh, they are talking about how George, it's the end of the summer of George, uh, he should have taken, they should have taken a vacation that George suggested mustaches because it's like a vacation from yourself. As somebody who did decide to grow facial hair over these last couple of months, I would say I, I buy into the vacation from yourself. Is that what you are you still on a vacation from yourself right now? Because at this point, it's sort of become what you are. You're a beard guy. Yeah, I definitely started as a vacation from myself. But now I'm sort of uh, on the fence as to whether I want to continue the vacation or not. Doesn't get a little itchy. It did. I, I, I uh, really I buzzed it really short uh, this past week. Yeah, sometimes I won't shave for six weeks because I'm lazy and and it gets really itchy. Yeah. So I don't think I ever let it get really long. I think after like maybe like four weeks or so, I started uh, trimming it. So it, it never really got too out of control. Yeah, I, I, ne- I never thought of it as vacation for myself. I just thought it was like one less thing I have to do. Yeah. George uh, is starting to realize he needs to go get a job and we will see George uh, get that job later in this episode. So... We then go to the nightclub. Uh, We see for the first time George with the cane. And uh, he says that he was on crutches all summer. Crutches is a funny story. A cane is sad. Right. Crutches means they're they're coming off in a week or a month. And a cane means it's permanent, basically. Yeah. 
So no Kane after this episode, Keeve? No, he's you know, they have they have to do the it's like a wrestler gets beat up and the next week they have to pretend to be hurt. But in two weeks, they don't have to pretend to be hurt anymore. Yeah. It just you have to, like, show the injury. It's the exact same thing here. And then there's no repercussions from the way this episode ends with George at play now after this. Well, he, I mean, he, he gets fired next week. OK, so where do, uh, so then he doesn't spend all of season nine at play now. He gets a different job. No. Yeah, he's gone. Okay, so then I, I think I'm just in my mind. I'm getting his two different jobs confused in season nine. Yeah. So no, they play now's out of business by next week. Okay, Jerry sets up that somebody is coming from NBC uh, to do a showcase. Maybe he might have another shot at a pilot. I like George uh, saying like, "Hey, we're back, baby." Yeah, when he gets a who's we, that that hurts a little bit. <laughs> you know, you feel for George there. Yeah. Okay. We also see Banya back in the mix, and Banya is killing it. And uh, we're going to have the idea that Banya is only doing well because other comedians do well before him. And again, this is going to be very meta commentary about the time slot hit. Yes, this is obviously like a direct shot at whatever shows are coming after and before Seinfeld. You know, the, the between friends and Seinfeld, the between Seinfeld and ER that literally anything that was being put on would be the fourth and fifth most watched shows on television. Right. But, um, but for no, you know, like for no credit of their own. Mm-hmm. And then they bomb if they don't have that lead in. Right. Then. Right. So they get like the 30 million viewers or the 25 instead of, you know, Seinfeld's 30 something. And then it's like, oh, we got a 25 million. We could launch Tuesday night with Caroline in the city. And then it goes to that night. It's like, oh, yeah, nobody really cares about this show. Do we have this in podcasting? It's a good question. Like, I, I guess there is a legitimacy. Like, if you're on certain networks, it probably gives like, you know, fans will probably try anything that's on Earwolf and see, you know, you know what it is. I don't I don't really think you can do a you can do a, a backdoor pilot like we're going to do with IMD bags. Oh, and- a lot of buzz right now for people wanting us to uh, launch IMD bags, uh, the the new show that we talked about. And also, by the way, a uh, big shout out to everybody who's listening now who are all of our previous listeners because we did close the books coming into this yes. episode for new listeners. Yeah, don't don't let anybody else in. Don't don't recommend it to a friend We're it's it. It's just us guys. Yeah, don't share the subscribe links. That's it. Doors are closed. The books are closed. Um, the, uh, so the 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 time slot hits. The Banyas at the time the Seinfeld was airing for season nine were Veronica's Closet mm-hmm. and Union Square. Yeah, Union Square uh, definitely. Well, I had to watch it. If you remember, I watched all the time slot <laughs> hit shows a few seasons ago, so yeah. I have seen it recently. Um, just to give you an idea of how, of what a phenomenon the final season of Seinfeld was. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the this is the highest uh, the most watched episode so far and only gets beat by the the Puerto Rican Day Parade and the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirty seven point eight million viewers. Wow. So it, it was so strong. Uh, Friends opens up the night with twenty nine. Union Square has twenty five, which again is more than it's about like Oscars level nowadays for Union Square. Right. Um, after Seinfeld's thirty seven, Veronica's Closet puts up a thirty five million spot. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And ER is more popular than Seinfeld at that point and puts up 42 million viewers. I mean, what scripted thing would have to be on TV to do those numbers? I I mean, to be fair, like it's possible more people watch Game of Thrones like worldwide than we're watching ER worldwide. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people in the but UK not and at Australia. The same time on but one they're not. They're, right. Yeah, they're not getting the ad money or something like that. Those were obviously the top five shows that week. Would you like to guess what what else was in the top 10 quickly? 
Okay, uh, this is the week of September 1997. Yes. Uh, um. Boy, I think I'm gonna need. Uh, can you can you give me any sort of a hint? Yeah, NBC sitcom. Okay. Uh, what night of the week? Uh, that would be on a Tuesday night at eight. Tuesday at eight. Was Frasier on at that point? No, Frasier was on. Frasier's in the top ten though. Frasier's Tuesday at nine. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is on. What else was on? Was it the? I don't think Just Shoot Me. No, Just Shoot Me was um is actually 18, so it was doing okay for itself, but. To shoot me was after uh, Frasier. Not the, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, Third Rock was a Sunday night show, okay. if I remember correctly. At that point, yeah. Uh, but I don't. Was Third Rock on yet? Probably. It's not on this week. Okay. So what? What, what is it? What's the NBC show? Okay. So Mad About You six Home Improvement went up against Frasier seven. Monday Night Football is nine. Monday Night Football nowadays would be one, even though it has less viewers now than then. Uh, and Touched by an Angel was eight. Okay. What was the NBC sitcom? Uh, Mad About You. Oh, that was okay. So uh, there you go. All right, so we go back to Jerry's apartment, uh, and uh, Jerry and George have no mustache. Kramer comes in with a mustache. She wants to know, uh, does Jerry have any shredded coconut? Yeah, that, what is shredded coconut? I, I, think I guess it's, it's coconut that just gets shredded. Yeah. And you can use it in like recipes and stuff like that. And uh, Cra- Jerry just points to the mustache. Kramer runs out. Um, I, 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 by the way, I don't think I've ever even tried coconut. It sounds disgusting. Well, it's not bad. You never had a macaroon? I have. Okay. Yeah, I've probably tried it, but I've never... I, I don't know. I'm anti-coconut. Yeah. What about a pina colada? I've heard of them. Yeah. They're very, I know the song. Yeah, they're very good. I don't think I've ever tried it. Yeah. I'm surprised you even know the song. Like pina colada. Come on. I know I know music a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know Criss Cross versus Christopher Cross. That's all I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, George got a call about a new job. It is in uh, playground equipment sales. Uh, and really nothing comes of it other than uh, that the name of the company is called Play Now. Um, yeah. I, I mean, play, it's, you know, I don't know how, like, I, the truth is, being, working for the Yankees is probably, like, a great thing to start an interview with because unless someone, like, hates baseball, mm-hmm. they're going to ask you 100 questions. I feel like it's a really good in. Yeah. Or as a Mets fan. Right. He could, if, you're, if I had an interview with a Mets fan, I would tell them like how I tried to sabotage the Yankees. Yes. Like I screwed everything up. Like uh, I dragged uh, the Yankees trophy around the parking lot and I got strawberries on uh, Babe Ruth's jersey. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I would just like, you know. Right. You don't want to think you're a sociopath. Right. Just say like, you know, I like I, I like told the Mets to trade for this guy because he was a good prospect. Okay. So Kramer has already shaved his mustache and really shades of the contest and how fast Kramer comes back shaved. I mean, it's totally insane. So do they want us to believe that this is a real mustache? Yes. Because... I mean, then why is he coming back 10 seconds later? I think and like, there with might the be some cream. sort of a uh, Stargate going into Kramer's apartment where... Must that, be. Yeah, that there's like, you go in there for 10 seconds, but he was really in there for like 30 minutes. What if it's like a Zach Mars situation where he's calling timeout, except it's, it works a little different. Like, he calls a timeout and we don't see it. So we don't realize that we've been stopped as the viewer for like a minute or 10 minutes. That's possible. I mean, that's how it you know shows up for everybody else for zach morris aka franklin yeah, yeah. i think uh are you sure he's franklin and not bash <laughs> no idea he might he might okay. well be bash <laughs> <laughs> all right also kramer uh splashes on some aftershave are you an aftershave guy keeve 
I mean, sometimes I don't I don't have to like put put anything on after, but I, I have. What about you? No, I don't have the liquid stuff. I have like the lotion, aftershave lotion. But, you know, I've had like the same like little bottle forever. And if I remember to use it. But no, I'm not a big uh, aftershave person. Mm hmm. And Kramer doesn't like it. He has like sort of like a um, Macaulay Culkin, uh, Kevin McAllister uh, moment. He doesn't like the aftershave on it and he needs something else. Needs new shaving cream, he says, actually. Um, I mean, like the idea of just going straight to butter, I feel like is a little bit of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we're going to get to it. Uh, Putty and Elaine are vacationing in Oslo. And Keith, this is really to me, this is shades of the season four premiere. In what way? That she's out of the country? Yeah, that Elaine is just having her own self-contained storyline that's going on in Europe. Yeah, I wonder if it was filmed, like, because Elaine is never with the gang. I wonder if it had to be filmed differently. So as we mentioned a couple times in season eight, like, she was pregnant, not as visibly pregnant maybe as the first time she had a kid, Mm -hmm. but she was pregnant the entire essentially the entire season eight. And then she had a baby right after the finale. I was thinking, did you did you hear about how the NCAA tournament, her son was a, a walk-on on Northwestern and she was at all the games and TV kept showing yeah, her? Yeah, I did see it on Twitter. So um, what's weird to think about how long ago it is, that kid is, was a sophomore in college this year. That's the kid she was pregnant oh. with, the, the <laughs> kid on the basketball team. She only has two kids and that's the younger one. Okay, so there you go. And is everything back next week? I know next week is The Voice. Uh, does she? What? what yeah, is she she's doing with now? the crew next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's. I mean, she's with Putty, but not not like in Norway. Okay, so back in uh, back in the swing of things. Okay, yes. so we end up seeing Putty uh, back in the mix. Did you miss Putty, Keith? I, I mean, Putty has value to me. Like as you know, in 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 medium doses, I I, I do like Putty. So. You know, he's he's more of a winner than some of these other, you know, dorks that she dates. <laughs> OK, he is uh, very concerned with the uh, with the kroner and uh, he likes to talk about the change. I do like going to other countries and you see like the loonies and the toonies. And, you know, you, when I was a kid, you always like bring home the change from the other country. And then now I'm like, you know, older and, and like cheap. And I like, oh, no, I'm not going to like, you know, keep five dollars in my wallet. I'm, you know, I'd rather have the money. I don't care about the. You know, the plus, there's, you know, like you go to Europe, it's all the it's all like the, the EU stuff. So there's less fun currencies in countries you normally. What's go to. the most fun currency? That's a good question. Uh, submit uh, listeners, submit your uh, most fun currency. What like what? What do you think the best currency is? <laughs> some some countries currencies like feel like play money. Yeah. And it's problematic because then you spend much more of it. Yeah. All right. So Elaine is sort of sick of Putty. Uh, She doesn't want to hear about how interesting the change is anymore. Putty is not really happy with Elaine either because she wanted to do too much shopping and they break up. Yeah. Um, I do like the plane breakup. It's a tough it's a tough one. You know, like I I feel like (laughs) I feel like we've all like I've, I've a plane is a place for fights. Like I've definitely gotten the big arguments with my wife on an airplane. So I get the plane breakup. What did you fight with uh, your wife about on the airplane? It's usually one of the kids wants to go to the bathroom or needs to ask the stewardess for, you know, they slept through when they had food or snacks and they need something. These are on long flights. Yeah. Um, and then and it's like, Akiva, can you go? And I'm fast asleep and I, and I just don't don't go. Mm-hmm. And then she goes. But then when I you know, when I get up, she's just like yelling basically on the airplane like. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I haven't slept for one second. You're on hour nine of sleep, and you know I don't know. It always goes like that. Yeah, 
I think that a lot of my airplane fights uh, with my wife uh, are sort of like, uh, at least with the traveling with the kids, are like, uh, you know, the kids will be like, like kicking the person's chair and I will be like, hey, stop that. Stop doing that. Stop that. Uh, and then I'll get in trouble for how I uh, discipline the kids. Like I'll get in trouble for like, uh, like, what, like, uh, you know, somehow like I did something wrong. Yeah, my, we're going on a flight this summer with my kids' friends. Mm-hmm. And they have like four little boys. Yeah. And we, like, we're going to get kicked off the airplane. No exaggeration. See, like, and, and everybody on the plane is pissed. Nobody likes having the kids there. But I do feel like that. And I might be a little bit louder in disciplining the kids. Like not like a like abusive or anything like uh, mm-hmm. over the top or anything like that. But I think that, you know, it's sort of it's twofold. One you know, you got to, you know, keep the kid on a short leash here. And two, I think you are if people see you're trying, then they're yeah. less likely to come over to you and like, hey, could you do something about that kid? You, you, right. That, and where I feel like my wife lives for those moments where somebody comes up to her and tells her uh, like, hey, could you could you do something about that? Uh, does so she like Jerry? Does she like throw the parenting on purpose just to get into the fight? My, maybe. Maybe. She lives for the confrontation. She puts on the the the, the, the suspenders version of parenting. Yeah, she welcomes to, uh, it. She welcomes <laughs> it. She wants she dares you to say something to her in public. About yeah. Oh, the person who's who, who's I can imagine criticizing your wife's parenting has no idea like the foxhole they just right. walked into. She's ready to <laughs> throw down on a plane. Like wait until like if one of these like flight attendants uh, meets her. Uh, she's she's looking for it. You'll see her on the Today Show. And also like the the kids being toilet trained becomes really annoying because you have to, they can't go to the bathroom themselves until they're older. You almost rather them like I would I would put like an eight year old in the diaper on a plane honestly <laughs> if I was allowed to like just. <laughs> It's yeah. much easier for everybody involved. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So uh, Elaine is on the flight. We hear the flight attendant say or the pilot say that this is going to be a 22-hour flight for Elaine and Putty. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I mean, it sounds right in that that's what they said. But there's like there's no 22-hour flight from Europe. I do think they say with stopovers. Yes. But one, like usually when there's a stopover, like that's not that's not part of the, that flight. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they stopping over? Like, and and like that has to be three flights. Like, there's no flight from Europe that that is 22 hours. Like, if they really wanted to make the, if they needed for comic comedy comedic purposes a 22 hour flight, you need to have them in Australia, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, they didn't have it in the budget to put them. It's in a fake six Australia. hour flight. Like, it well, it's a pretend flight, Rob. <laughs> you could you could say that they're coming from Qantas that, Air or whatever. Akita, that's why it's a joke. Oh, okay. Sorry. Listen, this is, we're, I'm new with this. I'll, I'll start. <laughs> I'll start getting your jokes by the end. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 22 hours on the flight for um, Elaine and Putty. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and even with the stopovers makes it worse. Oh, sure, sure, because they just want to be done. All right. Uh, we see Jerry back in his apartment. He is taking the laces off his shoes because they touched the bathroom floor. I mean, I get it, but that's you know that's like the Jerryest Jerry thing you know we've seen. Yeah, it might I, be I get it. More annoying to relace the shoes. Yeah, I have like a I had a shoe that like I really like my it was my favorite sneakers. I can't like one of the shoelaces just disappeared, and what I'll just never wear those shoes again. Disappeared. It's not in the shoe. I don't know what happened to it. It's not in the shoe anymore. You had a like shoe. Maybe my kid played with it. Yeah. My favorite pair of sneakers. Okay. So you're going to get new shoelaces? No, I'm just never going to wear those shoes again because <laughs> where would I find like a single shoelace? I don't know. Like, well, can't you buy a pack of two and just, and just put a new one in the other one? Yeah, but the shoelaces are like blue. Like they're a specific color. I don't, you know. 
I don't. I don't know. And they do have a thing called the internet, Keith. I think you can track things down. I'm. Vi- I, I, I. I hate buying things. I hate shopping. I'm very lazy with these sort of things. I'm just. I. I, I have other shoes. I'm just never going to wear those <laughs> shoes again. Okay. Don't try to talk me into wearing these shoes. Kramer comes in. He says, "Hey, he read on the internet that Banya killed." Yeah, one of the craziest things of the whole series. Less realistic than Kramer becoming a turkey. Right. Where. You, it, it's a realistic thing now, like in 2017, yeah. like Kramer might have. And even the and by the way, it's not impossible. Yeah. But even then, like it's, you know, first of all, you're doing a set at like the comedy cellar or something like in front of 30 people or 50 people in a night or 100 people. Like there's more often than not probably zero tweets or anything about like your individual set unless you like pull Michael Richards or you do really. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's ironic that we are uh, using pull to Michael Richards to explain this, uh, yes, what he's explaining Kramer. here. Um, now, Listen. I'd love to know from like a Max the Millennial or something like that. Like when they're watching this episode, do they realize that this line is here and it's a joke from the writers at that point in time? It's hard for someone who grew up without Internet to even imagine a world that didn't have internet right. to, to grow up absurd with internet is that Kramer would yes. have heard this on the internet. And that's why it's yes. funny, but, but it like probably plays to anybody who's younger than 20 years old as like, Oh, okay. So that's, that's how we heard about that. Yeah. Try explaining to somebody who's 21 or under like the idea that there was just, you know, Google didn't exist and none of these things, you know, it was just, it did. It just wasn't there. Yeah. We didn't think about it. And it, you know, it, it hurts my head thing about it. Okay. So Jerry refers to Banya as a time slot hit. Kramer says you got to give him uh, credit. Kramer's a a defender of Banya. It's funny. Like, I guess they're trying like in the meta version of this where they're saying like, oh, you know, people like the time slot hit. Is that calling George like a Union Square fan? Is that calling him like a Catalina in the City fan? You know, I don't you know, like those shows didn't. It wasn't in my mind. There wasn't like a debate where like, you know, some people like Friends and not Seinfeld or ER and not Seinfeld, but like. There wasn't like I, you know, I watch Caroline in the City and then I shut off the TV at nine because Seinfeld comes on. Right. I think it's sort like of like 100 percent of that show's viewers watch Seinfeld. Right. I think that you're making a good point about there is no uh, person with that argument of that. The like they're saying that the, their jokes are dumb. There was no person that was saying that that show is superior to what's going on. Right. on Seinfeld. Right. OK. So Kramer wants to know if uh, Jerry has butter he needs to borrow Jerry's and he starts putting it on his face uh, and Jerry's asking questions and uh, Kramer is basically saying, like, uh, aren't you Mr. Nosy? Yeah, I mean, the well, he's Mr. Nosy. He puts butter on his nose, this guy. Yeah. OK. Um, Jerry is, you know, adamant. Why are you buttering your face? And Kramer is shaving with it. Uh, Jerry says, oh, Moses, smell the roses. Is that a Jerry thing? I didn't Google that. Is that like a thing people used to say? I think that somebody probably said, I don't think they invented it for this show. Hey, do you want to settle an argument, actually, that I had with speaking of my mother-in-law? Yeah. The, the, um, uh, speaking of like old sayings, because I, I don't think it was a saying. It mostly comes up Seinfeld, though, Moses Smell the Roses. I, I tease my mother-in-law sometimes that she says like very old-fashioned things. Like she uses the word cruddy a lot. I think you agree that nobody says the word cruddy anymore. No. As an adjective. Um, but she used the word like 50 times and I said no one uses it. And she's like, yes, we did. And then she like is even emailing me now and like, hey, people do use this word. I just went to like Google and check. Do people still use the word maven? As in, can you use it in a sentence? As in, he's like a, you know, he's a maven in that subject. He's an expert. I mean, like, like the, the, how often does it come up? 
I mean, I think that it comes up like like jokingly. Um, I feel like that you, you it's more like I think probably used ironically where yeah. you might say somebody who is uh, not something um, like, oh, he's a real uh, like um, like if somebody was trying to, you know, criticize me in terms of what do I know about uh, relationships? Uh, you know, he, oh, he's a real dating maven. That okay, guy. so it's used ironically, but nobody would would refer to themselves like he's a maven on like 18th century literature or something. No, nobody says it in the real way. It's a, like a good word okay. for like a, an ironic tweet or something like a a sarcastic jab. Uh, that's so maven. Yeah. So you're on team Kiev, not on team mother. Yes, yes. I like that. That's so maven. That that could be a hashtag. Okay, I think I think that's actually the hashtag. We got a lot. <laughs> All right, we got it. <laughs> All right, uh, Kiev. It, would it be physically possible for somebody to shave with butter? Is this is this a I don't, thing? I, I don't know. I, I I wonder it, but I'm I'm not the guy to ask. I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about it. I, I think that you would get like seriously infected in your face, like you're taking yeah. like uh, like food and like uh, really sort of like putting it under where the hair follicles go. And it's so gross. I I, I eat, like. I don't, maybe it's possible, but even if it is, why would you try it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, George is at play now, and uh, he's interviewing for this job, and we see that his boss is obviously uh, being very uh, attentive to his needs because he thinks that his handicap puts him at a uh, disadvantage. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I love the the idea in the scene that, like, George is – not really even going to go for it. Even George won't go for it until he offers the the own bathroom. It is funny. Like, we know these characters well enough to know immediately, like, oh, that's the one thing in the world George would want the most, his yeah. own bathroom. Now, for you, is this too much shades of Kramer, Novocaine meets uh, the people from the Mel Torme uh, Foundation? Yeah, it definitely rings. It definitely, like, rings the same bell. Like, you think of, of the same storyline. Yeah. Um, I, 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 to me, it's, it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that much, but, um, no, it doesn't it, really bother it, you know, me. You're, it's just, you're like, playing the same card a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, different shades of the same color. And so George is going to accept the job. He wants to know, uh, when do I start? I like when his boss like says, Oh, do you need a hand here? And George is like, Oh, what the hell? Why not? Yeah. All right. So Jerry is telling George about this. Jerry is really appalled about this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've all like everyone in the in, you know, the core four has done 100 things worse than this. I don't know why this bothers him so much. Yeah. And uh, Jerry is saying, do you know how hard it is for me to uh, let people know that I know you? I do like the idea of like he's getting more and more embarrassed to know George throughout the last few seasons. Yeah. And George says there was a person that worked for the Yankees that had no arms and that person worked much harder than him. He made more money. He had a wife and a family, and he drove a better car. <laughs> right. Which Jerry quickly calls him on, which also leads me to believe that maybe this person's totally made up. Yeah. Uh, Keith, George also cites the bathroom. He says it has such a high, high toilet. He feels like a gargoyle up there. Keith, do you like a high toilet or a low toilet? Well, it's for him, it's the... Um this is the handicapped toilet. So the handicapped toilet's at a different height than the regular one, oh, I believe. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it's higher. I think. Yeah. I you think the handicapped toilet with a really is low toilet. I don't like the. I've been like low urinals annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been. I also I'm not a big public ba- public bathroom guy. Yeah. Well, I'm just. I, mean, I also don't house. leave. Like, how often do I leave my house? That right. like you know. <laughs> 
Oh, you mean at somebody's house? Yeah. yeah. Some toilets are like clearly a little bit too low. Beds also. Sometimes there'll be a bed. It's like that bed needs to be like a half an inch higher. Yeah. Does it affect how you sleep or just getting on it? It doesn't affect how I sleep. You just like feel like it's, you know. First of all, if a bed is really high, it's in the middle of the night. It's like hard to get out of bed and then get back in. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you need like steps like a puppy. Yeah, sometimes the ho- a hotel bed could be really high. <laughs> okay. So Kramer ends up walking out of Monks. He's got a huge vat of butter. He's going to put it all over his body. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just like walking around with this like it's normal. I love it. Yeah. Also, Banya, you know, a small, a small town like Manhattan. You never know who you're going to run into at the coffee shop. And Banya walks in with Jenna, played by Kristen Davis, who comes back. And now not only is Banya a time slot hit after Jerry performs, but also he seems like a good boyfriend after a woman dates Jerry. Yeah, he follows. He fo- There's even a deleted scene where Jerry. Did you see this? Yes. He goes to some sort of like a bakery. Is it a deli yeah. or is it a wine store? It's not clear to me what type. There's meat there. But anyway, um, like he goes, he, he gets this rare thing that like the butcher hooks him up with or the baker or the candlestick maker. I don't know. And the the um, Banya follows him and Banya gets the same thing. So the idea is like he follows him in a million different ways. Now, the idea of the Kristen Davis character coming back, there's nothing specific about her in this scene. Yeah. Do you think they just had in the script like blank previous yes. girlfriend of Jerry and it was just like whatever one they could get? I think that, yeah, I think that they probably had a debate in the room of like, who would be funnier? At the end of the day, it was just a casting decision, probably. Who was only able to come on for like five seconds? Right. I mean, again, she's not the most recent girlfriend for him. Right. Okay. So we go back to the plane. Putty's on the plane uh, and he's talking to the flight attendant and he's telling the flight attendant about uh, how she was a bitter, unstable person. Uh, The sex was good. I'm sure it was fine for her. I need more. Um, is the flight attendant into this conversation? No, definitely not. I mean, he's a good looking guy, but I can't imagine the flight attendant cares. Yeah. So Elaine turns to the guy next to her who's sleeping. She wakes him up and, uh, that she is, uh, saying you missed quite a performance. (laughs) Poor vegetable lasagna. Yeah. I do like that. There was, um, (laughs) I, I, first of all, I love the nickname vegetable lasagna. Like I like giving someone the nickname of the weird food they ordered when I was a little kid. There was a girl I used to call uh, tomato, tomato rice, tomato rice, tomato rice, because like she would eat these tomato rice instant soups. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, it doesn't ring off the tongue like vegetables on you, but I do like pigeonholing people into one stupid food order. Yeah. I mean, uh, tomato rice. I'm trying to think of uh, if there was a person, uh, tomato rice, uh, what would their vocation be? Would that be like some tomato rice? Yeah. Would they be like coming out in like the a- NFL draft? Yeah, they. I think a 1920s boxer, tomato rice. <laughs> yeah, and why are they tomato? They're just like they get like a hit once and they just instantly bloodied. Uh, like because they're a tomato can. Yeah, maybe that's they're like the they're the the reason for the name. Like they're the origin of the name tomato can. Mm-hmm. Like tomato rice was zero and seventy as a boxer, and he's like the he's the reason they call it tomato can. Okay, he's the underdog of 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 boxing. Like the you know the horse underdog one as as a big not favorite. Yeah, and then and then became you know, the term became underdog. Keith, how much sympathy do you have for vegetable lasagna in this situation? I mean, it's tough to be in in i in a in a window seat. Or, or an aisle, but especially like it's tough to be in a window next to a couple that's dating, even if they're getting along. Yeah. You know, it's weird. What's There's worse, like hand stuff going or, uh, or the opposite of that. 
I like when people are fighting because it makes me think like, ooh, like I'm not being yelled at right now. Yeah, that's why I you like know? to talk about like, my relationship because I like to make other people feel better about theirs. Yes. Yeah, so, well, for me, it's I, like misery loves company more than mm-hmm. more than like caring about other people's feelings. I <laughs> I I do I like to see other couple I want to see people get divorced I like seeing couples fight yeah I, I, I like to see it. people fight also that's why I, I mean I want people to be happy but if they're fighting let it be in front of me is what I'm saying yeah do you uh, follow the Amazing Race Keeve or that's not on your radar no I've never seen oh, this, an episode, you should watch this so. one lots of people fighting like couples getting divorced no they're not they're 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 all strangers oh and are did any of them couple up <laughs> no like is it a man and woman I mean, or some a, of them are men or, or women but they're all fighting with each other it's 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 great. Mm, I thought you'd go on with like a partner. That well, you know. no, they they did a twist this season. Now everybody and uh, it's great because they are there's so much fighting. I think you and your wife should go on Amazing Race. Oh no, I feel no, like no, no, that's no, no, your no. destiny. No, no, thank you. Is there a family? There's they used to do family they did that Amazing once. Race. Nobody right? liked it. Yeah, nobody liked it. I, I think you and your wife, um, you know, grandparents will come. They'll watch the kids. I feel like this is this is even better than Survivor. You guys going on Amazing Perfect. Race. Perfect, Keeve. Can you imagine like having your door- divorce to document on TV for like the rest of eternity? Yeah. I mean, I think there are people that went on the Amazing Race and got divorced. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No question. Uh, Keeve, let's go to the George montage. And it's George at uh, Play Now and he's being carried around. He's doing a lot of stuff with the cane. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we do this same exact montage with this same exact song? when Kramer was working at the office. What what's the song? It's My just a generic takes song. It's the morning train. Yeah, Morning Train by oh. Sheena Easton. Yeah. I mean, and even if they did it, it's a question of like, did they do it on purpose? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't rem- I don't I don't remember the song playing in the background of the Kramer scene. Yeah. So yeah, they do I, I just did a, uh, a dog pile for uh Seinfeld Morning Train. So yeah, so you know, I feel like three times is a trend. I mean, could two times be a gaffe? No, I think it's on purpose. I think it's like maybe they have the rights to that song. <laughs> they mm-hmm. like bought that rights in perpetuity. And they're like, all right, we got that. We're not going to spend another, you know, 20 grand on some other song. Yeah. We have Morning Train. That was back in uh, the Bizarro Jerry. So only one season prior. Uh, Yeah. No, it rings a bell now. I didn't really pay attention to the fact that it was the same thing, but it makes sense. Okay. All right, we don't need to ask a writer about that. Uh, let's just assume they did it intentionally. Okay, so uh, we see Jerry with Newman. Jerry's coming back to his apartment. Newman smells something cooking, and he's like uh, trying to make amends with Jerry. Are we really so different, you and I, Seinfeld? I mean, I, I, I like Jerry and Newman when they're not fighting more than when they are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry says, uh, you know, I'm not the one cooking, right? Right. And then Newman's immediately not interested. Yeah. But did he smell the butter from the uh, from the floor above? I guess he did because it's coming from the roof. Why? You think that. Uh, so, so you're saying from the floor above that uh, that they are one floor below the roof and Kramer's on the roof? No, I mean, it could be. They could be four floors below. Just the idea is that Newman smelled it and came downstairs instead of Newman up. doesn't live on their floor. Uh, I think sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> So he's got two two places. No, I don't think he's got two places. I just think we're we're we're, we're not consistent with where Newman lives. Okay, or at least I'm not. All right. So Kramer has uh, fallen asleep on the roof. I mean, a hard. It's really hard to fall asleep in the sunlight and not be woken up by it. But congratulations to him. Yeah. Um. Here, let's just talk about that, and then we'll go back to Elaine on the plane. Uh. So Kramer is uh cooking and uh, basically he has like covered himself in butter laid out in the sun and uh he's cooked 
Yeah, he is really. Now, my question here is, this is not the intent, but I wonder if he's too dark, if people would be worried about blackface more in 2017. Because uh, he's really dark here. Yeah, but that's not what they're going for. I mean, they're going. I know, for I know, but it doesn't matter. It Like, it's sort of, it's, Yeah, I, I do wonder if they, they give him a different shade of some kind. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I just feel like uh, this seems really uh defensible to me of that i've never okay no i'm not listen i don't think it's offensive i just wonder if if someone would be like too woke for it nowadays and and, and we call out so many things like oh you could never say that you can never say that this to me is like i I did not you know get anything okay you know of uh, other than what they were going for here in this uh you know oh i don't i didn't think so either i was just thinking like oh he's really dark like, would they get away with it nowadays? Yeah. Well, you know, Michael Richards uh, might have some more uh, heat on him before than he did in 1997. I mean, not possible, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Elaine and Putty are back on the airplane. Uh, Putty is flirting with the woman across from him. So Elaine has to try to flirt with the guy next to her. And then Elaine, like, goes back into fighting with Putty and says, you know, uh, you're just trying to talk to this floozy across the aisle. And Putty is the first one says, yeah, well, what's going on with you there and vegetable lasagna? Right. The, Putty is being entertained by the woman. The vegetable lasagna does not care what Elaine has to say. Right. And uh, now that that guy is just referred to as vegetable lasagna to his face from here on out. Right. He he does say at one point his name is Marcus. <laughs> Now, well, he's a director nowadays that guy is he good for vegetable lasagna yeah he's made he's made a career of himself yeah okay um kramer ends up coming back to jerry's apartment and uh he's talking about how he's fried jerry says technically he was sauteed he read an article in bon appetit magazine on what to do he needs to just keep applying the butter so he views himself as a chicken also or a turkey whatever yes yes so he is trying to stay succulent and juicy. All right. Uh, George has slipped on the butter. He tried to do a butter shave. Keeve, is this intentional or just something that we should overlook? I mean, George had a serious uh, fall in the previous episode that we saw. Yeah. He's fallen again. Is this a thing? Well, I think it's just trying to get him to hurt his other leg, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just feel like that. I mean, this is two episodes in a row where George has taken a uh, pretty big fall and gotten hurt. Yeah, that's fair. It's not a coincidence. I mean, they're just, you know, they're re-injuring him for a reason. Yeah. I just think that if the same thing happens in two episodes in a row and you're not really shining a light on it where somebody is saying like, you fell again? Right, I guess, but are they really noticing it that much? Right, I mean, he didn't, like, drop a stick of butter on the stairs like he did with the envelope. No, they're not telegraphing it that much, like, out loud. Right, so uh, it just stood out to me as something that, you know, that uh, was, uh, you know, it makes me feel like that they uh, don't see that they made the same thing happen to this character in two episodes of the show, Mm -hmm. back to back. Okay. Uh, So. Uh, he was trying the butter shave too. Uh, we don't hear whether he likes it or not. Um, the, well, yeah, the I don't know. Shave. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm, I have no opinion on that. Okay. <laughs> so Jerry gets a call from the comedy club and, uh, they're telling him that they've added Banya to the showcase. I like Jerry's reaction to it. It's like, no, no, no. Why, who's calling Jerry to let them know about Banya? Unless it's his agent. You know, unless it's uh, Topher Grace's mom from that 70s show, like mm-hmm. why, who's who's making this call? Like, just to let you know, we added your arch, your arch enemy without your permission. 
Yeah. Uh, that I don't know. Maybe it could be the club, uh, just to let him know. You know, maybe he like has like a person over there that's like, hey, just if ever Banya is going to be on after me, you call me. He's got a mole on the inside of the comedy club. Okay, I believe okay. that. Maybe. Uh, so Jerry is uh, killing Banya. George likes his jokes. Uh, yeah. Again, George, Caroline, the city fan. Yeah. Um, Jerry wants to know what, like Ovaltine, why do dogs drink out of the toilet, uh, shopping carts with one bad wheel. Now, wasn't Jerry Banya's mentor at one point? Shouldn't he take a little bit more of an active role in his career? Yeah, but he's he's very competitive with him and ultimately he hates him. There's there's no saving that relationship. Okay. So uh, that George uh, says that he likes Banya because he doesn't have to think too much about it. Yeah, he's not a thinker. Yeah. And Jerry says that he is going to puke because George is a closet Banya fan. And George says, hey, puke, that's a funny word. Uh, Puke is a funny word. Yes, it is a funny word. And I learned this week it's actually even funnier when you refer to another person as a puke. Did that happen on a show I don't watch? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, yes. Okay. I mean, that's good, right? That's a real good insult to call somebody a puke, right? I I don't hate it. It's not a bad insult, actually. Yeah. Okay, so Elaine and Putty are on the plane and uh, that they're back together now. And Elaine is bothered by the fact Putty is not reading a book. Keith, you this would bother you too, right? Yeah, I've I'm long been on the record, you know, 10 years on the New York uh, City subway station, subway lines, and always bothered me, especially like once, you know, at the beginning when I started, like there's only so many things you could do. Now it's like you could be on your phone, you could be, you know, you'd listen to music. Like there's no excuse now to be doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Unless you're sleeping. Sleeping is fine. Staring into space yeah. is is a bananas move. He was just going to stare at the back of the chair and uh, they break up again over this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked when Elaine uh, gets really mad and uh, that she's uh, saying to him, please, I took you back. You know it. I know it. Vegetable lasagna here knows it. <laughs> Yeah, he does not want to be involved. Yeah, and Elaine finally yells, I hope a giant mountain rises out of the ocean. We just ram right into it and end this whole thing. (laughs) It's a pretty crazy thing to scream on an airplane, but it's funny. (laughs) Yes, vegetable lasagna. Very, he is shook, Keeve. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He is shook. Yes. Uh, Shook is not not, uh, going the way of Maven just yet. No, no, that's still in. It's still in. Uh, so back at Kramer's apartment, we get a, another look at it. Uh, Kramer has the hot tub all set up. Looks like there's like a platform for the hot tub in Kramer's apartment. Has it always been this way? No, it looks much different. I think I, I don't. I don't really. I didn't like go back and analyze it to other pictures, but it looks weird. Yeah. Do you notice that Newman is reading the book alive? Yes, I made a note that it's like right after Elaine's like dead in a plane crash joke. He's reading the book alive. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah. And so he's uh like uh getting really tempted by uh, Kramer in the hot tub and uh that they have to like throw butter in the water. I mean, you'd have to throw this hot tub out after this. I agree. The hot tub is trash at this point. Yeah. Uh Newman is getting so hungry, he uh runs out to the coffee shop. Can't uh, take yeah. it. Yeah. It, it- he, he can. It's 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 like, you know, it's as if there was a pretty woman in there almost. He, he just he can't even control himself. Yeah. I mean, that the idea of eating another person, is there is there any like romantic connection there also like uh, that is uh, like, do, like, could you separate the two things? 
there, it, it, like Kramer is doing it sort of like sensually, if I could say that word, which kind of sounds gross. Mm-hmm. Like there is like a weird, like, I don't know if there's like a, like a tension between them, but right. I don't know. Like, like there are, I imagine like the type of person who eats someone like an actual cannibal probably like more often than not also like wants to sleep with the person if that makes any sense uh, it makes a ton of sense to me i feel like that there's yeah. almost no difference between if newman was lusting for kramer and then also wanted to eat him i do we have a cannibal correspondent well if they if we do they better you know hopefully it's a cop and not an actual cannibal because i'd love to know if you know you know again i don't want to talk about like one of these survival situations but if you're like a jeffrey dahmer out there I mean, do you eat some? Do you eat somebody that you're not attracted to? Like, I feel like is that uh, is that a thing, or are you going for oh, like uh, that person looks like they might be like uh, like uh, more meaty? It's a good question. I do think that um, you know, we, we maybe someone's read some books on cannibals. I'm a it, true crime guy, right. but I draw the line of cannibals. But I'm sure we have someone out there who it, knows. Is these a answers. cannibal more likely to go for a more attractive person, or that, that that's not the criteria? Right, because I was thinking, like, I started thinking about this cannibal stuff, and I started thinking, like, I should lose weight because I feel like I've got a lot of meat on me now. Mm-hmm. But now it's like maybe I should gain weight because I'm not attractive and I want to even be less be less attractive so the cannibals really won't be interested in me now. Because I feel like this is a thing in sort of, like, vampire mythology, right? I feel like that the vampire is, like, more looking for somebody who is uh, more, again, like somebody, somebody they would be attracted to, right? Right, otherwise they just want the fat guys. Yeah. So. Right. If they were just looking for like actual like meat on the bone, you know, they'd go for like the juicier looking people. Not. Yeah. So there's some weird. I don't know. I, I can't I can't proclaim to know anything about cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So back at play now, uh, George is walking and he has a limp uh, on the other side now because of falling down. He is trying to explain in the mirror that, no, you were just sitting across from me while I was over there. Somehow. The boss, uh, Mr. Tomasulo, uh, that he is going to infer that George has problems with both legs. Right. Instead of just thinking that he's lying, which is what you'd think that he's thinking. He just thinks now both legs are hurt, which is true, kind of. Yeah. We see that George now has this rascal scooter that it sounds like that there's like a thing that somebody's trying to buzz up. Instead, it's like this horn honking outside of the window, outside the door. Here comes George on his scooter. Yeah, I I like the scooter. I think it's a good luck for people. Yeah. Has the scooter really evolved from 1997? Not so much. I'm sure like the battery is different, but it looks pretty similar. Looks pretty similar. And uh, Jerry wants to know, did you mug Stephen Hawking? It's not a bad line. Yeah. Okay. Um, So Elaine calls from the plane and she says this was a huge mistake and uh, uh, vegetable lasagna is yelling. Jerry wants to know, who's that? She says, it's vegetable lasagna. And Jerry is asking, who? Vegetable lasagna. And Jerry. I've got just a question like, for you. Yes. How much does this phone call cost in 1997? A lot. A lot. Um, a phone call from halfway from Oslo. Yeah. She's so bored. Oh, though. my God. She's so bored. And I mean, I didn't like most phones probably didn't even have the, the capabilities in 1997. Most planes? Most planes. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but Jerry just hangs up on her for no reason. I mean, Jerry's a big hanger upper, but does he even know she's on a plane? I guess he does. Like, it's insane to hang up. Th- this season has a lot of, you know, uh, in- including the literal finale of the series, like discussing you know, like the, the plane phone call, which we discuss in the finale, right? That's the ultimate 
make up phone call for missing a call or something. Mm-hmm. So Jerry should respect the plain phone call more in the season premiere than, he, you know, as much as he does in the season finale. Yeah, he is uh, really just like, OK, I got to go. And, and he really I mean, he has, there's nothing else going on. No, I mean, listen, every, everyone who's ever gotten off the phone doesn't have to go somewhere. I mean, some people are. are you, let me ask, are you this is another argument I had with my in-laws for three weeks. OK, when I'm done with a phone call or a conversation, like I'm done with it immediately. Like if I'm done with a phone call, I don't want to say goodbye for more than a split second. Like in my wife's family, they say goodbye for five minutes at the end of every phone call, even if it's like a like a, a hey, I'm in the store. Do you want an apple? OK. And then it's like 30 seconds of goodbyes. How does that work? Like, what do they keep saying? I don't know. It's a goodbye. And then it's, oh, I just thought of something. And then it's like, OK, I'll see you later. Goodbye. You know, it, it, it's it's endless. I, my dad, when he's done with a phone conversation, he just hangs up. It's such a ball and move. And I love it. Like there isn't even a goodbye most of the time. It's like, OK. And then he's gone. Like you start you start saying something to him. You don't. he's not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a ringtone that to me. Are, so are you more 30 seconds of goodbyes or are you more like my dad and just hang up when you're done? Probably more 30 seconds of goodbyes. Yeah, you got to cut out the goodbyes. I feel like it's it's wasting everyone's life. These mm-hmm. goodbyes. Yeah, I'm probably like that at the end of most of these podcasts. Yeah, there's always like, OK, did we forget anything? Yeah, I mean, I mean, every podcast is like that. But, yeah. you know, t- I like ripping off the mandate. Just goodbye. Let, <laughs> let's end this podcast right now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> good night, everybody. Oh, do we let's say good night or just or just end it? I, yeah, I think if you just cut it and like played the outro music, which I, I've never heard the end of the podcast. I think it's the Seinfeld theme song. Like mm-hmm. that would be a good move. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Jerry tells George he is going to take a dive. Yeah, I, I do think this is such a great move. I, I do love the move for Jerry to throw this show. Yeah. Um, he talks about how uh, that let's see how Banya does without him up there, without all the assistance. Uh, that was a line that was mentioned in, I forget which season it was, but there's like some old like record of like a recording of like some band leader going nuts. And that's like one of the lines the guy said, because Jerry like gives it like a weird line delivery. Yeah. One of the things I love about this idea is, you know, we're going to discuss a lot in season nine as we get to like the finale and the trial and are they good people and stuff like that is like this idea that Jerry's willing to throw apart, throw away one of the biggest opportunities of his entire career for a very petty, petty grudge against a person who really likes him. Yeah, <laughs> is insane, but is like such a great, maybe the best example of how self-absorbed and ego, like an and evil, spiteful. the core four is. Yeah, so spiteful. Like Ben, it's not like this is his arch. Like Jerry hates Banya. Banya likes Jerry. Mm-hmm. Banya looks up to Jerry. Jerry shouldn't work. It would be like Louis C.K. like, you know, bombing to, to, you know, to like throw off some like, you know, open micer. Like it, like he sh- if you're below someone, it would be, you know, you like messing up this podcast because there's, this, you know, a Seinfeld podcast that's going to follow it that has three episodes out and they have seven listeners. It's it's insane. But Jerry is so committed to screwing over this person who likes him that he's willing to throw his own career in the garbage. It's really, uh, an, you know, an amazing feat. Yeah. George says that Banya's voice is the voice of a new generation, his generation. Um, yeah, like I've, I like when Jerry says we're four we're four months apart. Nevertheless. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, listen, George, I guess George is just like he's a dummy and he likes Carolina City and Union Square. Yeah. I don't like when they make George so dumb, though. As we've discussed, George is as smart or as dumb as the episode needs him to be, right? Yeah, but sometimes they make him overly dumb. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. But I don't. He's he just likes. He's just simple here. He's not dumb. Yeah. In this episode, he's okay. still plotting and scheming. He's just, you know, he just doesn't want to. He, he's a lower brow type of guy. Okay. So we go to Newman, who's sitting at the diner. Somehow, Keeve, that they have like roasted a chicken or a turkey at the diner and have it like presented like it's Thanksgiving. Right. If this episode was in November, we wouldn't bat an eye. But right. this episode is September 25th. Have you ever the been day to a diner my... and seen a bird like this uh, out on a counter? I mean, first of all, there aren't a lot of kosher diners. So even if you had said, Akiva, have you ever been to a diner? I would have said no. Love a good diner. I wish I, I w- you know, someone should open one. It'll close in two weeks, but someone should open a kosher diner. Um, the, I, 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 I'm I like, I'm sav- world savvy enough to know that there aren't like random turkeys lying around the diner in mm-hmm. the middle of the day. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, and we get that iconic shot of Kramer as the turkey. Yeah, the inside look explains how they did it. They show they do a good job of showing. Yeah, it. I think that for the sort of uh, dream sequence uh, that this is, uh, it looks good. Yeah, no, it's they they did well with the shot here. Okay, um, we end up seeing uh, Jerry now uh, backstage, and he is about to go on, and Kramer is sort of like trying to uh, pump him up. And uh, uh, he tells Kramer that he's going to throw the set. Kramer can't believe it. I like Jerry says, that's right, Chuchi. Let's see how Banya does uh, without this cushy time slot. Yeah, who's Chuchi? We don't know anything about that. that. We don't know. So he goes out there. What is Kramer trying to do? He's trying to support Jerry so he doesn't bomb or he's trying to help Banya by making Jerry not bomb? No, I think he's trying to help Jerry and, you know, maybe help Banya too. But he's just being a good friend here. Yeah, he seems upset that Jerry did bad. Yeah, listen, his motivations, I mean, they're not super important here. He's just there to become a turkey. What do you think of Jerry's outfit here? I mean, he went too far, right? Like, he should have just told, like, a really depressing story or, like, it's weird that he became a circus freak, you know? Well, he does have, like, sort of like the uh, Robin Williams uh, 70s getup. I'm not sure. Were there a lot of comedians that wore this outfit? I don't know. I wasn't like a big on the 70s comedy scene. Yeah, I feel like that maybe Gallagher also uh, had this type of a look. Mm, yeah, matches watermelons. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry is asking, uh, what's the deal with lampshades? Uh, do you want lamp or shades? Uh, what's the deal with getting sick? What's the deal with cancer? Uh, and somebody- yeah, It's weird because he like he comes out like a clown. He shouldn't even tell Seinfeld style jokes. I know he's telling bad jokes, but like. He should do something totally different. If he's coming out in suspenders, like, you know, don't don't do Jerry's act. Do like, right. you know, Gallagher's act. Right. OK. Uh, George is riding around on the rascal scooter. Why does George ride around on the scooter around the city? It's fun. Why wouldn't you? You would ride around the scooter if you could. No, I would want to just get where I was going. I know. But it's the first day. I feel like it might get old. But the first day you want to ride the scooter. Right. And it feels like uh, Manhattan on a rascal is not the way you would want to, you know, travel the city. Mm hmm. Uh, I would agree, but listen, someone does it. Okay. So George ends up bumping into, uh, an old timer and, uh, that the, uh, the man that he bumps into is not happy. You dented my no, ride. But the man can also, can also walk. I don't know why they don't chase after them. They're both walking at this point. Yeah. Um, and George says, what do you have there? The four volt? I did you a favor. And uh, then the man starts threatening George and George uh, gets on his rascal and tries to run for it. And the woman says, uh, get the bikes. Yeah. The idea of a like a scooter gang is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, 
Jerry comes out of the nightclub. Again, sort of a weird setup for the nightclub, different than anything we've ever seen before. It's sort of like attached to a kitchen. Right. Normally we see, we just see the bat, like the bar area. Here it's the kitchen area, but I guess we don't see Jerry going straight on from the bar. So, yeah. And from there, we end up with Jerry being very happy uh, with himself. Yeah. He bombed nicely. Yes. Um, that uh, Kramer says, uh, not everybody hated it. There was the guy who yelled out. Uh, Jerry says, uh, he has cancer. Kramer says, well, and laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and Banya is going on. He has his work cut out for him. And so Kramer is still upset as Newman uh, comes in. And he's talking about how Jerry was a big turkey out there. And he uh, mentions turkey and Newman is like losing his train of thought. And uh, he ends up like swinging his arms and knocking oregano on himself. And then like a waiter comes in and he knocks a bowl of Parmesan on himself. Like what? Where is this guy going with this bowl of Parmesan? <laughs> I guess in into the, the kitchen club? to put it on something. Yeah, I yes. don't know. There's nobody cooking in the kitchen. Right. Are they even eating at the tables? Like, I don't know. I, I guess in the bar they're eating. I guess so. I hope nobody had a food order. Nobody wanted like a burger or anything. There's nothing going on. It's also like this is a comedy club that has a bar and like and the the club part of it. Whereas like in the city, it's the same thing. Usually like you eat at at your table while you're watching the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now Kramer's upset. He says, look at me. I'm covered in oregano and Parmesan and it's sticking to me because of the butter. And Newman hands him some parsley. And then uh, is going to attempt to bite him. It's like a Bugs Bunny episode, this scene. Right, right. It's like a Three Stooges meets like the Roadrunner or something. Right. And then they end up running off uh, to uh, go. Uh, Kramer's being chased by Newman. And they end up running out on the stage, which I didn't think necessarily was clear that they were running out onto. Yeah, no, Banya's it should have been act. more clear. Should have There should have been like a, you should have heard it in Banya's act, like Banya telling a joke. And then you sort of like, hey, oh, you know, like a commotion. Guys, hey, guys, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to do that, some of my the, comedy here. Should have been much more clear. Yeah, are you trying okay. to eat him? Um, yeah. Yeah, because you don't really get it until the end. And maybe they didn't want to tip yeah, the joke. Yeah, it's like, it's like a big reveal almost. Yeah. But I think the joke is more that some of the people thought it was part of the act. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we see that George is uh, continued to be chased by the older people. Eventually, George just gets up carries the rascal scooter and then uh he bumps into his boss yeah i mean again small town you're gonna bu you're gonna bump into the boss at the end of the street no sure, question sure are you a religious man he asks and mr thomas Sulo says no and i do like that the old guy comes up to him and he's gonna whack him with the cane and says, eat hickory <laughs> <laughs> okay all right, and then uh, we go back, and uh, Banya has done very poorly, but uh, here come the NBC executives, uh, one of them played by Chris Parnell. Yeah, they switched names. I think last time it was Jay Crespi and Stu Chermak. They mixed them up here, and, and they switched. They literally switched their last names. Yeah. Okay, so oh, it was, these are the same guys as uh, the previous NBC execs? Same names. I don't know if it was Parnell last time. I don't, I don't think so. I, I'm not sure. No, but but they just switched the names. Okay. Uh, I'm a big Chris Parnell fan. I like him in anything. Yeah, I guess they recast Crespi to Parnell, but they also changed his last name. Yeah, yeah Parnell was underrated. Yeah. He would, you know, may, I am D-Bags. Maybe we'll have a Parnell episode early on. Yes, he's been in a lot of stuff. And uh, he, they really like Kenny Banya. They said they like the gag of two guys running through. Uh, I guess which then went on to become the uh, when Peter Griffin fights the chicken in Family Guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> they like stuff. There's that a little bit of that. That's the about. Family Guy premiere, I think. Yeah, which is right around this time. Um, it's like two years later. Yeah. I think it's ninety nine. Yeah, I mean it's in the ballpark. In the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to be in the Kenny Banya business, and then Jerry, uh, they think his suspenders are a little hacky. Uh, yeah, a, l- a little hacky. A little hacky. Okay. Um, and Jerry is going to puke, and Banya says, "Hey, that's a funny word." Uh, and that's the end of the episode proper. Uh, we see Elaine and Putty come out of the airport and uh, they break up again and then they have to share a taxi. And then here comes vegetable lasagna. Um, yeah. Not the strongest ending that they're all in the, the in the uh, taxi together and she just yells. Yeah. I mean, overall, I feel like that the butter shave is a, a bit of a disappointment for the premiere of the final season of the show. I mean, it's right. They're setting a tone that it's going to be a little unrealistic. Um, you know, I guess we'll get, let's get into it. Yeah. Could we, uh, real quick, just take a look at the premieres from when the show, like we don't need to, uh, really get into like the season two premiere. The ex-girlfriend is like a nothing episode. Uh, the note mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, kind of uneventful. The trip is a big deal. Uh, you know, that, that that's feels, a big deal. Even like if it's not a great episode, it's a big deal. It's like an event. The mango feels like a big premiere in season five. I think that was the first yes. time it took over for cheers. Uh, the chaperone, I feel like is a little, was a, that was a regular uh, episode, yeah. just a regular episode. Uneventful. The engagement, the engagement was a big deal. Feels yeah. like a big start to an episode. Even last season, the foundation feels like the big start of an episode because we're dealing with the death of susan right it's the fall out of susan yes yeah butter shave just feels like you know this could have been you know in the middle of any of these seasons um, right there was nothing premiere about it there wasn't a big there wasn't a big you know guest star cameo there was there wasn't like a major thing i agree it was just a regular episode and there was no arc leading us to the end like it like it was going to be the final season we didn't set anything up here it was just like an, uh, a run-of-the-mill ep- episode so but the, but there is no there is very little arc you know the, the only thing is the nbc thing does does start you know the wheels start churning and obviously we'll get back to that very late in the season um the but you know so that's sort of that's the only thing but there is no arc in season nine yeah putty I if guess you're looking for an arc, arc you're not yeah. going to find one yeah putty there's putty like there's characters but there's no there's no like one thing going on for sure okay all right so let's talk through everybody uh jerry and versus banya and the time slot hit i love the idea of a time slot hit is really funny i give this an a minus it's funny i wonder if the phrase time slot hit was thrown around a lot before uh this point in 1997 um yeah i like it i i think it's uh somewhat uh memorable i think a minus is uh fair for jerry uh what about george and everything at play now i really like that too i think uh the you know for a one episode arc or you know ends next episode it's pretty funny also a minus yeah i feel like that the play now stuff just isn't very inspired in terms of like it's like what are we going to do with george after he works at the yankees and uh i'll give it a b Mm -hmm. uh elaine on the plane with putty i don't like the end but i do like the idea of them fighting breaking up getting back together on the plane vegetables on your stuff is funny i give this a b plus yeah i think that's fair b plus uh i do love all the vegetable lasagna there vegetable lasagna isn't in this i think this might be like a c for me yeah that's fair that's fair all right and what about kramer with the butter shave you know the first time i saw it i definitely laughed a lot harder than you know the 80th time i'm seeing this Mm -hmm. but uh it, it is a funny idea it's so stupid and we've both 
historically been anti unrealistic stuff, but this is so dumb that it almost swings back to being funny for me. I give this an A minus. Yeah, I'll give it a B. It's fine. They don't spend a ton of time in the episode uh, with it. I think that Wayne Knight does a good job with the with the gag and the effect of uh, making him look like the chicken is fine. So uh, I'll give it a B. What, what do you have this uh, overall? I guess you want. Uh, I guess you have this uh, probably inside the top 100. I'll say 90. No, I actually have it a lot higher than that. Where? I have it all the way up at 50. 50. For the yeah, I like this episode. I feel like, you know, maybe I liked it a lot more the first time I saw it than now. But I do think it's a pretty funny episode. Yeah, I just feel like that I was underwhelmed with it, even in the real time of it. Like, I feel like I was so excited for Seinfeld to come back season nine, final season. And it's like, eh. Like, I, I, you know, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, oh, Moses, smell the roses. Like, I feel like if I didn't get a catchphrase, I didn't get like a memorable storyline. Um, you know, uh, I think that this is uh, not peak Seinfeld for me. I hear you. Well, next week you'll get a catchphrase and I think you'll, you're going to like next week's Hello. episode. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. We're going to you're going to be doing that voice for the rest of the series. And good. Good. I'll be very excited about that. Keeve, uh, let's check the butter mailbag. Uh, Seinfeld at Post Show Recaps is where people can send us uh, both emails and suggestions for how we can turn season nine of podcasting on its head. That's right. Maybe we should do one episode where our wives uh, podcast an episode. I'm Listen, I'm there for that. I, I don't think either of I don't think we'd get either of them. Mm-hmm. We have a better chance of like having like Julie Louis Dreyfus and Jason Alexander fill in for us, I think, than both our wives at the same time. Right. Like, not only like doing the podcast, but also sitting like watching the episode beforehand. Yeah. And that that it's going to be a big problem. And talking about it. I mean, I just think, first of all, like, no, my wife would, would spend I was going to say two hours, but the podcast that they would do would also be 20 minutes because both of them would not have any interest in like doing two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but she'd spend 20 minutes making fun of me and then leave. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think the fans would like it. But she would be so vicious, nobody would listen to the show anymore. Oh. She'd say such mean things. Oh. I don't I don't think anybody would be able to look me in the face or whatever the your listening equivalent of that is. Okay, well, most people that listen to this uh, like have never looked at your face anyway, like more than... No, but I'm saying that they like couldn't respect me enough to listen, I feel like, after oh, okay. she was done like, destroying me. It's possible. All right, uh, so let's start off with uh, Dan the Benefactor as an update for us. Hey! <laughs> Another $462 is going to charity for season eight. Wow. That's right. You're reverting to the mean a little bit after putting up uh, 550 in season six and 667 in season seven, but still a nice haul. Uh, stick with the same charity? Yeah, let's stick with it. Yes. At this point. Okay. Uh, and- maybe at some point, season nine, we'll send a tweet to Jerry, who is never on Twitter, and we'll say, uh, maybe when he's like promoting comedians and cars, we'll say, like, hey, we gave, you know, three grand to your wife's charity for our, our Seinfeld podcast. You know, you want to come yeah, on and talk. He about might it. have like slightly less disdain for us, right? Like he'll still say no, but he'll appreciate the charity. Yeah. Okay. And then also, uh, Dan adds, just in case this downward trend continues into season nine, I'll put a backstop on the final do- donation by donating whatever is higher, uh, either a what you earn for season nine or Daniel Murphy's batting average on the day of the Australia slash Kenny Kramer reality tour finale podcast. Okay. I feel like what we earn is going to be a lot higher. Yeah. I mean, even if we went. Because even if we slipped to 400, Murphy's not hitting 400. We hope not. 
I mean, maybe we could do really short podcasts and like Murphy will hit 260 and that'll still be higher. <laughs> that's but that's possible. That's possible. I we feel like uh, us doing 260 minutes over the uh, is more believable than Daniel Murphy hitting 260 at this point. I hate to say. Yeah, but also like we have the finale like that could be a long episode. And I don't know how he's going to count. Could that, we reverse jinx him about how that Daniel Murphy could hit 400? Yeah, well, yeah, he could hit six. He could beat 662 at this pace. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's, thing you didn't say Eric Thames. <laughs> that's yeah. a possibility as well. It's possible. Okay. Uh, what about Sean Falconer? Can I ask a question that uh, Sean Falconer, from what I understand on Facebook, he wears uh, a lot of disguises? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I think he wears like a lot of costumes. Why? I don't know. That, that I never got that. I just I see him on and he, and he posts pictures of here's this costume that I'm wearing. Here's this costume. But I don't know. Is he? Oh, oh on Facebook. I see. I'm not Facebook friends with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got so I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, yeah, he, Sean, I guess Sean doesn't care about me enough to show me his costumes. Yeah, he's wearing um, a lot of different costumes. <laughs> Sean, why are you wearing costumes? Let us know. Are you trying to hide? I don't know what he's from doing. something like is he in the you think he's in the Women's Protection Program? Should we stop talking about this? <sighs> Uh, I don't know if it, that it would be very conspicuous if he was in the witness protection program. Can you imagine someone being in the witness protection program and being busted because of a podcast? That would be like, how annoyed would the FBI be about that? Yeah, where they're like writing in emails to stuff like that. And then uh, mm-hmm. like, oh, we heard your feedback question on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that. Or like they list, they like left a voicemail on a podcast and mm-hmm. and like the, the person like the gangster who was trying to get them heard it. That would be bad. Yeah. So Sean says, based on the Twitter buzz from a few weeks ago regarding ending the podcast with a Kenny Kramer Seinfeld reality tour, I risked being added to some kind of government list and contacted Kenny about a possible Sunday tour in the future. Perhaps not surprisingly, it's been over a week since I sent the original email. And other than verifying that I wasn't a robot through Kenny's anti-spam system, I haven't heard anything back. I'm sure he's just busy preparing for the summer of tours. I'll let you know if and when I hear something. Okay. All right. So keep us posted on that. Sean. Okay. Thanks, Sean. And let us know why you're wearing the costumes. <laughs> what does Craig want? Craig from Vancouver says, Brandon Tartikoff, who the episode is tributed to, was a program executive at NBC in the 80s and up until 1991. Jerry credits him for saving the show in the early years. Yes, uh, very famous uh, head yeah. of NBC, Brandon Tartikoff. I believe, uh, according to the inside look, he passed away the night that they filmed this episode and they dedicated the episode to him in the airing of it. Mm. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera says George's line about feeling like a gargoyle due to the high toileted play now is a reference to his role as a gargoyle in the animated film The Hunchback of Notre Dame. When did that come out? I guess about the same time. Okay. Right. I never saw that one. That was one yeah. of those Disney movies I skipped. Did not really stick. They're not doing a live action Hunchback of Notre Dame anytime soon. No, they'll probably remake it. Well, I think you should remake the ones that didn't work. Yeah. Like, because people are like nitpicky, I'm sure, though. with the Cinderella's. Yeah. No, I feel, yeah, but listen, you have that property. Why leave it on the, hey, maybe like we could scab write that movie in a few weeks when there's a strike. What, the hunchback? Yeah, we'll write, we'll write like a, we'll write like a, a treatment for it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Lindsay wants to know, do you have any stories of sitting next to problematic seatmates on a plane? I mean, apart from your kids. Have you ever sat next to anybody especially uh, bad on a plane? No, I once sat next to a girl I knew, and it was like I wanted to sleep for all 12 hours, but she was like talking a little bit. Yeah. It was a long flight, and it was a coincidence that we were sitting next to each other. The, like, I didn't know her well, but like well enough that I couldn't like ignore her the whole time. I'd rather like eat like a pig or act like, you know, like I, I don't want to have to be on my best behavior for 12 hours. So I felt like that was awkward, but that, that's my only really bad one. What about you? I'm trying to think. Uh, Sometimes nothing. I sit next to really fat people, and I'm also fat, so it's like 
we're taking up a lot of the space already. Right. The thing that really gets under my skin is uh, when I fall asleep and, and, and people like repeatedly need to get up to go to the bathroom. I feel like if you are not on the aisle, like I know like at some point I want to get up to go to the bathroom. That's why I bought the aisle seat. Well, I'm a window guy because I never have to pee. Like I'll, I can yes, go like the whole good. flight. Yeah, but, but these I'm people that have to get up multiple times and then buy the window yeah. seat. Like it's very yeah. annoying. Like they wait until I fall asleep or I get my laptop out. Not good. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to choose. It should be like how often submit a sample. Like how often do you pee? And like the more you pee, like the closer you are to the aisle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then you, that's it. You get one time you can get up. I agree. I agree. Like if you think you have to go to the bathroom again, stay back there or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pat in NYC wants to know what kind of flight route is 22 hours long with stopovers. A quick, uh, should be dog pile flight, uh, search shows a direct flight duration is about eight hours. Did planes go much slower in 1997 no, because exact same speed, exact same speed. Because in the betrayal, Elaine mentions that their flight from India to New York was 23 hours. Yeah. India is a much further away flight than Norway. So it's just a mistake or. Like yeah. maybe I mean maybe you have four stop over. I don't think it's a gaff. I think it's like they have, but they don't show them getting off the plane. So it's like a weird. I don't know if it's a gaff. It's just lazy. Okay. All right. Um, Keeve, what does Mike C have to say? He says, Rob, when you end up shaving your beard, do you plan on doing so using butter? No. And also, when you were doing stand up, would you have described your material as stuff you don't have to think about too much? No, I probably was trying to go for stuff you have to think about too much. Mm, I hear you. You were yes. you were like. Uh, a real thinking comic. I, I got it. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going for. I did not execute <laughs> on anything, but that's what I was trying to go for. Uh, and I just kept like trying to write new material to finally get there. Um, Matt Mass wants to say, I hate to go all Alexander Chester here, but Elaine, uh, the people always uh, start that, you know, I don't want to be Chester here, but they always uh, that's, you know, anytime somebody says I don't want to be Chester here. They always immediately go to butt. Right. Uh, it's never like I want to chime in and be a Chester. Nobody yes. like it's it's a never a good way. thing. It's always a yeah. pejorative. So Matt says Elaine and Putty are supposedly in Europe. When they're in a taxi, they clearly pass by an American railroad crossing sign. I highly doubt that an American railroad crossing sign would be in Europe. So couldn't they have uh, not included that shot from the taxi? Yeah, I think they missed it and you didn't, Matt Mass. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about Amir? Amir says, given that Kramer shaved his mustache at a record speed, I went back and measured his official time. So he wants to know what's more impressive. The 16 seconds he leaves Jerry's apartment to go shave or the 53 seconds he's gone back in season four when he disqualifies himself from the contest. I think the shaving is more impressive. I know. 16 seconds. Like, you can't do anything in 16 seconds. 53. He could have been halfway there by the time. he left. <laughs> like, you know, like, right, right, right. <laughs> anything is possible. 16, right. 16 is, is just been like, you can't, he doesn't even have time to get in the door and close it. Right. Right. And <laughs> shave. And like, I mean, what did, what did he shave with? You couldn't, like, you couldn't, he's not, doesn't have like blood all over his face. I don't know how he Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, yeah. It, it, they should, they should have kept him out of there for a minute. He says, it should be noted that Kramer is so mistrust doctors at this point that he values the opinions of veterinarians and Bon Appetit magazine in lieu of seeing a normal physician. Yeah. I get that. Uh, he wants to know 
Why did Elaine call Jerry from the airplane when she had absolutely nothing to tell him? Back in 97, those phone calls cost $1,000 a minute. From what I remember, those phones were only used by millionaires or people calling loved ones before a potential plane crash. Yeah. Well, she did say she wanted the plane to crash. <laughs> uh, I think that the whole airline industry was just a front for people trying to use those planes. I think that's why that's true. a 22-hour flight, you'd be so bored that you think about using the plane. She's bored. She's bored. And I don't know, maybe yeah. she has like a, like she's going to expense it as a Peterman work call. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She might expense it. She might expense it. Okay. And then finally, I hate to be Alexander Chester, but dot, dot, dot. Here he is. Uh, he wants to know uh, where on the internet did Kramer get stand up comedy reviews in 1997? Yeah, we have the same question. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, it, it, it's, I, it, I don't think it's uh, supposed to be anything else but a joke. Yeah. Uh, when Putty spills his heart out to the flight attendant, she has both Coke and Pepsi on the cart. No airline serves both Coke and Pepsi. There's exclusivity to those licensing contracts. Thanks, Darren Rovell. <laughs> Next. Uh, Elaine is right. What kind of psychopath sits on an airplane literally doing nothing? Also, the two guys behind Elaine and Putty are wearing suits and ties. Have you ever seen someone wearing a suit and tie on a transatlantic flight? I mean, I never thought about it, but some people just wear suits. Like, my dad wears a suit wherever he goes. If he was on transatlantic flight, he might loosen his tie or take it off, but he's wearing a suit on the plane. Yeah. And he's not wearing pajamas. Yeah. Finally, uh, the timing of the episode is odd. George's chase is happening in broad daylight, but it's the same time as a stand-up show. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that. That's actually a good point. Fair like, point. that they're running concurrently is crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Keeve. Uh, what's mm. the hashtag? That's so Maven. Yeah, that's so Maven is perfect. That's good. Okay, and, and also let me know if 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 you think anybody used the word Maven. Who's on my team? Who's on my mother-in-law's team? And if you're on my mother-in-law's team, you're you're banned. Like okay. you're you're with the people who have you know who, who are not eligible to listen to the season nine of the podcast. So we want people to write in with feedback for the voice. Then we want people to write in also with ways that we could turn season nine of podcasting on its head. On its head. Yes. And then I'm also supposed to pick out a Star Trek The Next Generation episode to assign you to watch. I mean, that'll really put things on its head. Yeah. Can you do that? You, are you ready now to do that? Um, You know what? I really didn't put a lot of thought into it during the week, but I know we did get an email about it. So, okay. Randall Willis says... I've been thinking about this for a while. I've thought of three possible choices that aren't bad episodes, but can also be weird for the person new to the series. He says either season six, Frame of Mind, season five, The Inner Light, or season four, Cupid. Yeah. I, I mean, think, am I going to be lost on... Uh, oh, yeah. Shouldn't I just watch the pilot? Yeah, I think... No, 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 no. no. Uh, the pilot's like two hours. Oh, forget yeah. it. No, <laughs> let me watch the shortest. What's short? Yeah. Uh, let's go with Cupid. That'll be the assignment. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. Season four, Cupid. We'll find an episode number, and then next week, are you going to take the quiz? Well, I'm just gonna I'm going to review the episode. Oh, you're going to review the episode. I thought, and then you have to take a a quiz on the episode. What to prove to prove that? Yeah, that then I actually watched it. Right. And if I fail, I have to watch another one. You have to pass the test, right? That was that was the bet. (laughs) Make it easy, though. All right, so so write to me at rob at robiswebsite.com if you have some uh, some test questions for Keeve at the end of next week's episode when he takes the quiz on Cupid. We'll find Crazy. the uh, the uh, let me let me see. That's a season four episode. <laughs> uh, Is it available online? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they're all on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so this is from 1991. Okay, so if oh, you. So there you go. Uh, so we will uh, have have a lot of fun talking about that next week. Can't wait. <laughs> At the end. At the end. All right. Uh, of course, a uh, big shout out to Scott St. Pierre, who uh, edits these shows and is counting down the weeks until we reach the end of this season nine. And also to Mike Moore, who uh, writes up our recaps of the Seinfeld poster recap. Keeva, uh, what's going on on 32 Fans? Uh, we just did our special draft preview, which will be totally moot um, by the time you are listening to this. I mean, but to be fair, it's probably a good time. totally moot now. Right. But I'm but like we will already maybe it'll be more interesting to hear if we were right or wrong. Yeah. But uh, we had a real draft expert, Ben Standig, and um, self-proclaimed draft expert Jordan Kalish on to help us out. OK, well, check that out. Look for 32 fans on iTunes, and then keep. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the voice. La la la. Yeah, the voice. George is going to get. You know, the company's going to close. Jerry's girlfriend's stomach's making noise. He backslides and Elaine backslides into relationship with Putty, and Cremerica Industries gets an intern. Fun episode. You know, I was thinking also, Rob. What? We we just did the whole Star Trek thing. I feel I like we're taking this whole concept of like running with the people we have very seriously, like maybe too literally. Yeah. Because we didn't even explain like I lost a bet. We're just like we make references to things that if like if someone was listening to this episode as their first episode, is this, are we still on? Is this still the podcast? Or this yeah, is, no, okay. I think this is the podcast. Okay, wasn't okay. well, sure. <laughs> I was just thinking, like you know, I, I don't know. Should we do that? I guess it's too late now. But we we do that. It's funny. But okay, so now you've explained that we made a bet on a different podcast, Akiva lost. Yes, and now, but even was- like when we bring up Chester every episode, like who's Chester? Yeah, I think you like when we make fun of him. No, I think people people uh, like can get from the context. He's uh, he's basically, right. and I also I think when people Bob like Sacamano it, they go back in this podcast. Right, he is the Bob Sacamano. In that, we'll never see him. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, all right. let's end. Let's end the show. All right, let's do it. Akiva's dad style. <laughs> 